Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Going well. A sad week in evangelicalism this week. Yeah, well, I mean, as most people said, sad and, I mean, a lot of people were rejoicing in a sense because of the good thing that was also happening, I think. I I guess so. I guess you could put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So as uh, as everyone would expect, our top story this week is certainly the passing of uh, the Reverend Billy Graham. I was still at the house and had the news on, and the the breaking news uh, banner came across the television, and I assumed it was just kind of more of the stuff that we've had in the last several weeks, but did not expect that, and uh, and and there it was, and it really changed the day. It did. It did, because I was at the office getting ready for some other stuff, and you texted me and a couple others, and my phone just started blowing up, and I was like, well, all right, it's time to go. We had a little plan in place at Lifeway uh, in the event that this day would come, and uh, had some stories and put those online. You can find out all of that over at Lifeway.com. Actually, our, uh, our top story, like you mentioned, is the passing of the Reverend Billy Graham, but before we jump into that, we do want to thank our sponsor, Located in Louisville, Kentucky, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting SBTS. Speaking of Reverend Graham, the Billy Graham School was the first graduate school to bear his name. Um, I believe only, not just first. Not just I first, but only? only? Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. So it's so the only graduate school. To bury right, his the only name. graduate school. Yes, the the Wheaton College has the Billy Graham Center. Yeah, and then other schools maybe have. We've had a Billy Graham Chair. You know, there are things, but the only actual just graduate school period is the Billy Graham School. Yes, and that is at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Dean Adam Greenway uh, runs that. Founding Dean Tom Rayner, my boss, uh, w- was the uh, the founding dean of that, and uh, that's something. And that, uh, and and second dean Chuck Lawless. Oh, that's right. Who, who I work with, yes. You work with at Southeastern. So a lot mm-hmm. of connections to the Billy Graham School uh, in, in this podcast in particular. Yes. Uh, so we are we are thankful for everybody up at Southern, especially those in the Billy Graham School. And uh, we, we actually, Amy, before before we jump into this, I just want to make a note. We've got a special episode coming up next week on Monday. We're going to drop a special episode. An That's right. We with, don't do that very often. No, we don't. We've only done this like once before, and that was a big SBC preview. But we did a deep dive interview with Dr. David Sills from the Billy Graham School at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, talking about missiology and the Southern Baptist Convention, maybe the history of missiology in the SBC, where we go from here uh, with the IMB. He's an IMB trustee, as well as a, a world-renowned missiologist. Uh, I, I wanted to talk to a global missiologist that understands the SBC. I sent a text to some people, and uh, the name that just kept coming back was David Sills, David Sills, David Sills. So I emailed him, and he was gracious enough to give me about 45 minutes of his time. So we got a great interview coming on Monday. So don't miss that. Absolutely not. He is a wonderful, wonderful man. And um, we uh, went to the same, we were part of the same church years ago and just love uh, Dr. Sills and his wife, Mary. And uh, so it's a real treat to have him uh, as part of the podcast. It is, and uh, you won't want to miss that next week. So check that out on Monday. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes and everything, and you'll be able to see that whenever it drops. So uh, let's get on to the news. Amy, we mentioned Billy Graham. We have 
linked over to the Lifeway page at lifeway.com. There's a lot of Billy Graham information, a good little article written by Marty Duran, as well as uh, Dr. Rayner's post that I put up and some others as well, some facts and trends, uh, posts some research, uh, a lot of information over there. And we also have linked to the Baptist Press Story Archives. They had a, a slew of uh, articles as well. Uh, some great articles. Uh, a lot of news outlets putting out great articles this week oh, about fan- Billy Graham. Fantastic. Fantastic stuff. So I have a question, Jonathan. Okay. Actually, two questions. Yes. I want to know if you have um, a Billy Graham story and have you heard of all the Billy Graham stories people have been telling this week, which one has stuck out to you? I do not have one. I was a little bit too far on the uh, the this end of the spectrum with Billy Graham. He He was big, you know, I, me growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, even though it was 20 years ago, that was still putting him in his 80s. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I I never saw him live. I think my wife worked one of his final crusades in 2003 in Fort Worth. At Well, not in Fort Worth. It had been in Irving, Texas, because it was at Cowboy Stadium, the old Cowboy Stadium in Irving. And uh, she worked that crusade, and I, I did not. Uh, because she was in seminary at South uh, Southwestern at that time, and uh, right, I think it was either right before, or right after we got married, she she worked that crusade, and uh, she got to see him live. I never did, so I have no Billy Graham stories. Uh, I, I do have a couple of funny Billy Graham stories that I probably can't share on the air um, to keep the guilty parties uh, who are trying to scale the fence and all. I think you know that story. I won't <laughs> tell that one, but uh, Doctor Rayner has met him on several occasions and uh, has, has right. told some stories. So uh, especially of the, the Louisville uh, crusade, I think that you right. may have been a part of. Yeah. So I was working at Southern at the time um, at the Louisville crusade and that uh, I, I had very little background in, as we know, in the Southern Baptist convention, Billy Graham was the only Southern Baptist I actually knew of until I was probably 22, 23. I had not heard of any other, you know, well-known Southern Baptist except You've for You've made him. up for it, let me just say. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I had not ever heard him. I mean, I didn't listen to him on TV. We didn't go to, you know, crusades, anything like that. So when he comes to Louisville, uh, everyone, Dr. Moeller was kind of the local chairperson uh, for for that. And so a lot of people at Southern worked at it or went to it. Um, and we went one night, it was the night that DC talk, uh, performed uh, just a lot of people. Is that where that picture came from? I sent you the other day. There was a DC I talk don't... picture. They put out a picture. DC talk put out a picture. Kevin Max tweeted it, could it have out. Been. And it, it, it could was, have the been. caption was the original Jesus freak. And it was the three it, guys from DC talk in a picture with, with, uh, it Billy could Graham. have been, it could have been at the Louisville crusade. I was there wow. that night. Um, and so I, I, I didn't get the full experience that many people are talking about just because it was one of the later crusades. He didn't do the full, you know, thing just because of age and, and, um, illness and, and things like that. But he did come out. He sat out there and he, um, gave an invitation. But here's, here's my Billy Graham story, which is a little bit different from others, but I think makes part of the point is that. I watched all these people coming forward and it was this kind of phenomenal thing. I'd never seen anything like it before. Did they have altar really... calls in whenever you were yeah. a kid? Did you have altar calls in the church? Um, we didn't call them altar calls, but yeah, I mean, there we was had an invitation. invitation. Okay. All right. So that there wasn't was a invitation. foreign concept to you. 
No. Okay. Uh, there was an invitation. When you came forward, if you came forward to become a Christian, you were baptized immediately, everything. So it was, yeah, so there was an invitation. So anyway, but I'm watching every uh, people stream forward, and it's just this kind of thing I've not experienced before. Well, in the, in the few weeks later, one of those people, um, this uh, wonderful, kind gentleman, uh, when he came forward, he received Christ. He had a, a, met with a counselor, and the church that was near his home uh, was our church. And he came to our church, and he um, completely plugged in. His life was totally changed. He had been saved at that crusade. And we would be greeters on Sunday night and he would come in while I was greeting at the door. And I, when, when this happened yesterday and everyone's reflecting, I thought of him. Yeah. I remember you told me that story. Yeah. I, so I never met Billy Graham, but I met someone whose life was changed because of the message of Billy Graham. And I think that's still pretty significant. It is. It is. And our friend Dan Darling, who's uh, vice president of communications over at ERLC, his dad yes. was saved at a Billy Graham crusade in Chicago in like the 70s. That's and, uh, really amazing. I mean, if you think about Dan's history, I mean, that that was a radical moment in Dan's life because it kind of shaped up how he was raised and what he became. So he's he's got a neat post. Check yeah. that out over at, uh, at his website. Well, it's it's been fun. I've seen, you know, on television or heard some cool stories. I heard one today about someone years ago, like in the 50s, um, randomly playing golf with him, like as in not it, it wasn't set up, but he happened to be at the golf course where they were and came out as they were starting and asked if he could play nine holes with them. Well, there you go. That's kind of a memory of a lifetime. That is kind of neat. So um, crazy. All right. Now, so the. Next week, all right, now I want you to talk about this for a second. Uh, uh, this weekend, his body will be moved from the Cove to the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte, right. uh, where it will lay in state, uh, or well, I guess lay, just lay and uh, to, to greet visitors and those who want to pay their respects on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, and, and to move to Charlotte, it's going to go right past Ridgecrest, Amy, uh, where we have the <laughs> Billy Graham statue, too, so that's kind of neat. And then also on Wednesday and Thursday, it will lay in state in the Capitol Rotunda in Washington, D.C., by order of the Speaker of the House and the, uh, the President of the Senate. So uh, that, that's right. kind of kind of a big deal. Senate Majority Leader and the uh, Speaker of the House have made it possible for him to lay in state in the Capitol Rotunda. And I think you told yeah. me today only the fourth uh, the civilian. Fourth pri- the fourth, yeah, the fourth private citizen. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it, it is a really big deal. Rare uh, honor. It, a very rare, very, honor. very rare honor. Well, there's a, a document, um, at the website for the architect of the Capitol. That's what the webs that, what the site is, uh, the government site. And it lists those who have lain in state or in honor in the rotunda. And, uh, at the beginning, it just says the rotunda has always been considered the most suitable place for the nation to pay final tribute to its most eminent citizens by having their remains lie in state or in honor. So that's kind of the place of honor um, for citizens that the entire country. So you think about if uh, when, when someone dies and you have a visitation, it's somewhere in the town or, you know, it may be at the church or it may be at a funeral home in the town, but it's so that people in your area can come and pay their respects. And the idea of him uh, being in the United States Capitol says this is a central place uh, in, you know, of meaning for us that 
opens the doors to the entire country uh, for people to come and pay their respects. So we'll throw this document in just so people can kind of see and, and see the the other individuals, it is a, I mean, it's just a three page document. And this is going back to uh, the first person to lie in state was Henry Clay in 1852. The second was um, Abraham Lincoln. And so wow. the most recent uh, person was Daniel Anyway, uh, who was a, a congressman uh, and, and from, you know, a, a representative and then a senator from Hawaii. Uh, but uh, Gerald Ford before that and Rosa Parks before that. So, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't happen. So not, doesn't happen not every president long. even gets that. No, not every president has. Hmm. All right. Fascinating. Yeah. Didn't know that. All right. Well, uh, check that out. I, I know the, uh, the ceremony next Friday will be streamed live on a lot of TVs, uh, as well as good friend of the pod. Ed Stetzer is going to be like co-hosting the, the radio coverage of it. Uh, with Moody right. Radio and the BGEA. That'll definitely be an opportunity for people to just listen and hear hear what's going on, and then I'm sure he will share a lot of uh, a lot of stories and details. Yep, and he if he'll be on site, which I, I'm figuring he will be, uh, he might be able to get some interviews as well. The president and the vice president have been invited. Uh, Dr. Rayner, I think, is uh, looking at going, so he's been invited. I'm sure Dr. Moeller as well. Uh, so several uh, dignitaries that we have, especially in the Southern Baptist life, uh, would will likely be there. So we'll keep an eye on that and uh, maybe even tweet some of it. So follow us on Twitter uh, next week. Uh, we'll be you know dropping some nuggets here and there as uh, things go on uh, as we honor Reverend Billy Grant. Yes. All right. Some other sad news, Amy. Uh, Reverend Shane Hall, uh, we talked about yeah. last week on the podcast, passed away. Uh, at age 46 this past week. Uh, we, we mentioned him on the podcast. We've talked about him several times over the past year. Uh, finally succumbed to his battle uh, with cancer, and uh, we are saddened by that loss. Uh, our prayers are out to Misty and his family and uh, his church family at uh, First, ba- First Southern Baptist Dell City up there in Oklahoma. So uh, it's sad to lose Shane Hall, uh, the executive committee, which we'll talk about uh, actually next uh, during their meeting this past week honored him with a resolution in his memory. Also honored uh, Anthony Jordan, another Oklahoman, uh, as he uh, has retired as a state exec. And we have some other news from the executive committee meeting this past week that we live tweeted and uh, covered in person. At least one of us covered it in person. Um, yes, you were there. <laughs> I was there for all of it. So it was, uh, it, was a, it was an interesting meeting. A lot of things happened this time that I haven't seen before. So uh, we covered uh, a lot of different ground, including uh, maybe a change of status for one of our state conventions, Amy. And we covered this story a while back, this issue with the uh, D.C. Baptist Convention. So a year ago, January 2017, uh, there was a church in Washington that called uh, some co-pastors that were a legally married uh, lesbian couple um, to serve in the church there. So then a lot of question came in as to, to whether or not the uh, the D.C. Baptist Convention would continue, co- would continue a relationship with that church. And they chose to do so. So then uh, the SBC has to turn around and kind of consider its relationship with the D.C. Baptist Convention as we... What may be helpful to remember is when we think about these situations with some churches who have 
shifted in their position on um, on marriage that usually what happens is a decision is made at the at the state level um, at the at the convention that they're a part of and then uh, maybe a tie is broken or you know whatever a, a, a cooperation decision is then made at the Southern Baptist Convention level well I believe this is the first time we've had a situation where the state or territory chooses not to do that well, and so then yes because the the yeah. church in question is not right. a Southern Baptist church they've already disaffiliated with the SPC and the DC right. Baptist Convention affiliates with a broad spectrum of right. other Baptist groups not just the SPC like most of our state conventions right and and they are a convention that gives sort of multiple pathways for uh, giving so not Limitless all of their churches giving, give <laughs> okay moving not the on same. <laughs> not the same. So they have more than one option for where their money can go through the DCBC. So this is not a Southern Baptist church. So there would not have been any step at that higher level um, for, for what we would do. So then the SBC had to decide where the DCBC fits in the cooperative program, they, if they would still be a cooperative program receiving uh, convention. Yes. So what they have done is given the... D.C. Baptist Convention, 90 days until May the 20th uh, to figure this out, basically. Uh, they have t 90 days to either disfellowship with the church in question or the SBC will remove them as a SBC cooperative program distribution and receiving organization. So basically, we'll go from 42 state conventions to 41 if nothing is done by May the 20th. So they were clear about that and what needed to happen. And uh, we'll see what happens on that. So uh, that wasn't the only thing that was discussed. Uh, we also had some discussions on whether or not to merge the International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board. Uh, that was declined. Uh, we yes. uh, and that also was, that was precipitated by a motion. Yeah, precipitated. Yeah. So the, they uh, discussed that and and the the, plur the pros and the cons of that and uh, decided against that at that time. Uh, we also discussed uh, Orphan and Widow Sunday. And they have uh, renamed Orphan Sunday to Orphan and Widow Sunday. Also, another point of business was a uh, extension of a contract with Barry McCarty for the 2018 uh, convention and his services as parliamentarian. So he will return again 2018, uh, uh, marking uh, 30-something years. I've kind of lost count by now. I think it's 33 years, 32 years, somewhere in there. It's 32nd um, or 33rd I think, convention. I think this will be 32 because it's 30th was the year that I got to be part of his team okay. for the first time. All right. Um, so that in makes St. Louis. Sense. All right. So, so uh, this would be 32 then. So uh, 30, that, that yeah. was done. And um, we had a little fun with t on Twitter about that this week. So um, Barry put me in my place again. And not the, and he was not the only one. And That's he was true. not the That's only true. one. You, you joined in there as well. Oh, and also uh, the final note here, the executive committee adopted the budget for 2018, 2019 for the cooperative program. $194 million will be the budget next year if approved at the SBC annual meeting in Dallas. So I learned something interesting about that, Amy. The budget for the cooperative program uh, allotment for the next fiscal year cannot be higher than the giving from the previous fiscal year. So you've got like a two-year window that it, it has to be at least equal to or lower than that. It cannot be higher because uh, that's kind of one of those fiscal... Uh, safety nets built in there so we don't budget too much and things give you know out of whack in the uh, the budgeting processes because 
what they do is they set that budget and then all the CP receiving entities like NAM and IMB and all the seminaries and the ERLC and the executive committee take that and they plug that into their budget. So if that budget is off, yeah. their budgets are off. So it's a good little financial check and balance. I, I didn't know about, Yeah, but now and I do. It's, and it's helpful to us when we think about as well, when we're always talking about CP receipts, we're always, we always use two figures. One is where they are in line with the projected budget and where they are uh, compared to the same time last year. Like it really matters what the receipts were the year before. I mean, it, it just yeah. just keeping just keeping track with that. It so does. that's a that's a very helpful piece of information. Learn something new every week. Uh, for real, I, I did. And uh, speaking of something every week uh, happening, last week on the show we talked about uh, the Illumination Project and the CBF. Well, this week the BGCT, which is the uh, the Baptist General Convention of Texas, removed the CBF from their giving forms and affirmed a view of biblical marriage uh, basically in response to the LGBT acceptant uh, response of the uh, Illumination Project last week. This is really big news. I'm not terribly surprised by it. No, I'm not. Because of, they had kind of, they had kind of yeah. also, they've been leaning this way, and they also kind of uh, showed their hand last week that said, you know, we're coming with something next week, and this is right. kind of where we thought they were going to be. So, yeah, this was right. but, not a surprise, so, but... It was it was but good to see. But still a big deal. Oh, it's huge. A very big, big deal. deal. Because yeah. the the BGCT and the BGAV, which is the uh, Virginia Convention or the Baptist General Assembly of Virginia, they are the only two that were really duly aligned with the SBC and the CBF, and allowed funding right. uh, corporate program funds to go through them. And uh, the BGCT said no more. So we now have two uh, conventions in Texas that partner exclusively with the SBC. We do. We do. What we need to watch now in Texas is how that may affect any of their entities that they have, uh, maybe that are more aligned with the CBF uh, on their own. So uh, some of the colleges and other uh, partners in Texas may have some dual affiliations on their own. So see if they will uh, respond to this as well. So a couple more pieces of state-related news. The State Board of Missions down in Alabama held a ribbon-cutting ceremony earlier this month for their new headquarters. Uh, they had traded out headquarters with the Baptist Hospital Group down in Alabama, and I have a new headquarters, moved into it there in Prattville, Alabama on February 1st. That's exciting. Everybody's getting new buildings these yes, days. everybody's getting new buildings. And you guys, I mean, y'all have been renovating stuff. you got the Ledford Center now over there. I know you yep. keep raving about the new cafeteria, uh, actually the meal plan part of it. Is really oh, I love, you out a bit. love, love. I had I had lunch there today. It was uh, so good. And I've been telling you, you needed that. All right, so final story, a, a bit of an odd story from Louisiana. Louisiana College, we've talked about in the past, uh, been in the middle of some lawsuits or different things. Well, they're in the middle of another lawsuit. I feel like we need our law and order music right here, Amy. So I'm going gonna, gonna to drop it yes. in right here. Louisiana College is being sued by a proposed football coach, Joshua Bonadonna, uh, for racial discrimination after he was rejected as a, a football coaching hire because of his Jewish descent. Even though he's a Christian, uh, he's saying that the president, Rick Brewer, blocked his hire because of his Jewish blood, uh, quote-unquote, uh, in, the, in the lawsuit. So this one, a little bit uh, unexpected. Actually, a lot unexpected. I have to tell you, I don't, I don't even know where to start with this. When you sent this to me in preparation for a recording, this was not, I, I was just completely shocked. Same here. 
That's um, why I sent it to you. Yeah. And, and I'll just say, I don't know that I even have comment on this. It will be interesting to see how it plays out. The one thing at the end is that, that the whole case centers around um, the testimony of this one head coach that either the president said it or he didn't. Someone, yes. you know, it, there's it, really no in between there. Yeah. Because if so the coach you either, was not hired because the president said we cannot hire him because he's Jewish, open and shut case. If if this is untrue, right. then it's and not going to be true. Yeah, and you have a total lie that's being told. So it, this is just a very stunning thing. So we will certainly keep watch this. Yep, we will keep an eye out on that. All right, so that's going to do it for our news this week. That's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy? Blow our minds. All right. So I really wanted to find something um, about Reverend Billy Graham because it, there's just so much talk about him right of now, course, obviously, and a lot of things being brought up. So I actually just went into uh, the digital resources of the Southern Baptist Historical Library and Archives, was looking at the Baptist Press database, and I just ran a search for Billy Graham February. And just kind of watched all the ones that that came around this time, and found a very uh, fascinating North Carolina story uh, from 1971. So this is where he went and spoke to the students at Gardner Webb College. Go Bulldogs! And so you have to remember, yeah. So you have Bulldogs to remember, it's 1971. This is during uh, the Vietnam War. It's uh, you know it's only three years after 1968, which was just such a year of of chaos and tumult. And uh, talking about, um, I guess, sort of the protest uh, movements that were in the air, and he just went uh, to the school, and it seems like just kind of let them have it, basically. <laughs> kind of went off. Uh, huh? he Said, well, he, he was a said, bit of a fiery one, you know. Yeah, he said, you guys are so, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with, uh, I'm going to be straightforward. He said, you all are so concerned about overpopulation. Well, you should stay out of the backseat of the car before you criticize overpopulation. Wow. He said, you want to stop wars? That's a good idea. Well, what are you doing about the killing on our own highways? Um, half of highway deaths involve drinking and driving. Wow. Um, he said, it's easy to debate and argue, but it's hard to become committed to something worthwhile. And uh, he, he said, it said he labeled today's generation of young people the uncommitted generation and charged that they are quick to blame society and look for a scapegoat for their own failures. And uh, so then he issued, then after that, he issued a plea for them uh, to commit their lives to Christ. So, I mean, he, he did not mince words. He answered all that they were, um, that, that they were maybe protesting and said that that's not what you need to be thinking about. All of, uh, all of these movements that you are a part of, if you're not willing to commit to something, um, the debates are just meaningless. You've got to to commit your life to something, and I'm going to give you what uh, what to commit to. So this was at a dedication ceremony for um f for a new building. He did that at the new building dedication. He he did. Wow. And then they that yeah. makes it even better. And 
Yeah. So, I mean, just, just fascinating story. And, um, I found several others. I mean, the, the only other one was another year, I believe it was 1988 that it was this week that he announced that he was going to be going to Russia, which that was really big in the news. Yeah, that's like into the cold war, man. That's a big one right there. Yeah. So, um, big stuff. I mean, this is a, a big week for everyone, um, that I think, you know, he was 99. Everyone has been kind of knowing that this would come. Um, but the truth is when I, when you put his name in so many things pop up, he was always doing something. And, uh, in 1971, he was not mincing words and he was calling young people to come to Christ. And it all happened this week in SBC history. Very cool. Very cool. I cannot believe he did that at a building dedication. Come on, time and place, Billy. But you, he didn't care. He didn't that. care. I think you can believe that. He was going to preach the truth. Exactly. And that's it. And that is that is exactly what he did. That's what he cared. And that's he, what he's known for. He was not going to do the normal stuff that people do at building dedications. He was going to preach Christ. It didn't matter if it was a building dedication. And I'll say or, this. Whenever we dedicated our and had our groundbreaking or uh, when we had our ribbon cutting ceremony for our new facility at Lifeway, Dr. Rayner, same thing, got up there and shared, actually shared his testimony, went up sharing his testimony. Uh, we had all kind of people there from uh, the, the city and uh, different areas, uh, not just Lifeway folks. So he, he didn't waste his, his moment there. Uh, so that's boss, fantastic. Yeah. Boss is just like that. So that was kind of neat. But uh, anyway, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week, speaking to the boss, his new book, Becoming a Welcoming Church. we got a great video. Have you seen the video yet, Amy, for this? No. All right, you need to go watch the video. It's on the Facebook page. I'll put it in the uh, the show notes as well. We have it on YouTube, uh, on the website okay. as well, welcoming.church. You can find out more. Uh, just go to welcoming.church or tomrainer.com slash welcomingchurch or just find it on Facebook, wherever you want to go. Uh, there's a lot of different places, but brand new book. Got a lot of free resources. Check out the video. It's hilarious. It's uh, not your typical book trailer video. It's it's quite funny. Uh, some funny stuff in it. So I think you'll enjoy that. But uh, you have to check that out later, Amy, and let me know what you think. So your resource yeah. of the week is? Um, I am going to, uh, I'm going to throw out there, just sticking with the theme of this episode, uh, A Prophet with Honor which is um, a biography of Billy Graham. I've been hearing a lot about it. All right. Well, uh, we will check it out. I know a lot of people have been sharing their favorite Billy Graham books. Justin Taylor on Twitter, uh, Between Two Worlds, at Between Two Worlds, he's been sharing uh, a lot of uh, Billy Graham books and, uh, you know, which ones are about. There's one on uh, Billy Graham in the South and politics, which I thought looked, sounded yeah. fascinating. So I might check that one out too. So go out there, read something by Billy this weekend. Yeah, and I think, so A Prophet with Honor, William Martin wrote that years ago, but it looks like this is an updated edition that just released, so. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for us this week. It's been a wild week in the SBC, a full week, a lot of business going on uh, with the executive committee. It was good to see a lot of uh, friendly faces and familiar faces as well at uh, the executive committee meeting and uh, got to have dinner with some some folks and some some meals and it just just a fun time. It's It's good to have those family reunions two or three times a year with the executive committee and, and different entity heads and state execs in town. So always good to see our Southern Baptist brethren and sisterin from across the country uh, whenever they come into Nashville for those. So uh, we enjoyed that and look forward to seeing a lot of them in Dallas in June. And we hope we'll see you in Dallas in June. 
uh, expecting close to 10,000 messengers. We want to break that 10,000 barrier. Show up with us. Be a messenger. Come see us in Dallas. And don't forget Monday, special episode, David Sills. Don't miss that. Great discussion on Southern Baptist missiology, what the IMB does moving forward, uh, maybe where we should be looking at and how we should be thinking about missions in the SBC. So do not miss that. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thank you.